Hi, welcome back to episode 10 of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. And today we're going to talk about the kind of future that we can create, uh, the kind of future that we have in mind, um, which is really exciting because that is just such a broad topic um, to think about imagining what could be and what will be. Right. And as we were just talking about a second ago, Sarah, there's this reality that we can do that on all of these different levels. We can think about it globally. We can think about it personally uh, within our family units, our communities. Um, There's no real uh, limit to the ways that we can imagine a future, whether that's a brighter future or it's a neutral future or it's a future where things really are shifting and changing either way. Yeah, I I love the idea of just imagining the future again because it puts each and every one of us in the driver's seat to create and to cultivate something. And it feels like I have some kind of personal power when I think about, you know, what kind of future do do I want and, and, um, you know, how do we make that happen? And, you know, definitely it provides some sense of hope And uh, it just kind of makes you think about that a little bit. You know, is it immediate future, long term future? You know, that's a that's a pretty big word. Right. 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 And I think both of us are are thinkers in that way that we have a fun time even just imagining the future from 10 years to 100 years to a thousand years from now um, and what sorts of. Uh, I like to think of them as what sorts of solutions to the problems of the modern day that humans are able to find. You know, um, I think about this idea and I I go back in, in time and I think of, you know, a time period like 1840 where people would have a very hard time imagining the future of 2020 being the way that it is. Um, and a lot of the inability to truly image this this possibility um, is wrapped around the technology that existed in the day wrapped around the the general way of thinking especially in this country but even globally um, the it, it's wrapped around what people perceived as being possible versus what people could perceive being mm. a potential you know, or at least a potential that's worth working towards. Um, so I, I, I just think about that now in 2020 and, and how helpful it is to be able to utilize the past and the changes that we've been able to make to get to now as a way to inspire a vision for a future that is even more powerful or positively impactful or more inclusive mm. um, going forward. Yeah, you know, what the word that keeps flashing in my brain as I hear you speaking is the word visionary mm-hmm. and thinking about, you know, who are the great visionaries of our time or, you know, in history um, and, you know, our contemporaries. And then I think of visionaries, you know, um, whether it's a political visionary like Nelson Mandela, for example, you know, who had a vision and a hope for the future, um, you know, whether it's uh, if we're talking social justice or we're talking technology, um, you know, say what you want about 
Elon Musk and how you feel about him personally, but this man is a visionary. He's a, he's a tech, uh, revolutionary. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I just kind of keep thinking of that word and, and it absolutely, you know, how we have progressed in human history is, is because of these visionaries, both in our, in our politics and in, uh, our society and technology and, um, so yeah, you, you just, you have to believe that, you know, you can't even say sky is the limit anymore. I feel like, um, it is, it's not, it's right, not, right, it's um, not. you know, and, and we were just saying, but prior to this, re- you know, turning on, uh, the recording that, you know, if you can imagine it, 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 it can come into being, if you can imagine it, we can do right. it. And, and so, you know, I know you, you know, we've talked about archetypes and mentors and things like that. So, you know, do you have anybody or, or, or several people that have been sort of inspirational visionaries in your life? I, the Frederick Douglass definitely always comes to my mind when I think about this. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening earlier to, to the life and times of Frederick Douglass, his third autobiography, um, which kind of encompassed his entire life because uh, he wrote it after the civil war had ended um and basically like you have in this 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 person who saw the world as it existed and the potential for it to shift and change um these days i think in 2020 um i don't i mean there are obviously the kind of token names that come to mind when I think of um, innovators and and the people that are the innovators of this time. Um, I definitely, I think I mentioned that I was looking at a, a National Geographics that from 1983, and it had a an ad for an, a Mac computer, you know, and um, as I was reading the words, as they were written, it was kind of witty and, and clever. Mm, and I mm-hmm. said to my wife, Kenzie, I was like, um, it, you can read these words and I can imagine Steve Jobs either writing them or okaying them. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that time period really lines up with whether or not he was still the CEO at that point in time. Um, <laughs> but you can see yeah. the culture that was created there by a visionary person who was putting out this ad and then you know, now I'm using a MacBook Pro myself right now. And, you know, it was the vision that 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 grouping of people had. So I think that when it comes to archetypes for me right now, um, it's less one individual and more um, the entire scope of an industry um, that that the vision of where that industry might be able to go is kind of my archetypal uh, inspiration you know, and and even down to what we were just talking about with online training and on offering online services and online education, um, the minds that exist right now to wrap our minds around those issues um, are pretty great minds. So I can use that, which exists now in the terms of at-home fitness or online fitness, um, and I can use the, the, the visionaries mm. that are manipulating the industry right now uh to gain a little bit more inspiration towards how it might move forward so um i think that's the best answer without just throwing out the names that i read about in the news and so on sure, and so forth. sure how about yourself are there you mentioned elon musk's and are, are there other people that come to mind when you think of 
those visionaries that help you visualize the future? Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, a name that's just top of mind for me because we just lost her is is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And when I think about her and her vision for, you know, not just gender equity, but she did so much work in the courts to reimagine gender roles. And, you know, many people may not realize that, you know, she took on cases that actually allowed men, people identifying as male, to receive benefits that at, at times were only available to women because historically in this country, women are viewed as the, the child care providers um, solely. And, and she was able to reimagine the family um, decades ago, which paved the way for a lot of um, a reimagining, at least in this country, in the United States, there are plenty of countries that are way ahead of us on this. Um, so she is someone that I really look up to as a visionary. We're still, you know, I feel like in this country, we're lagging behind. Um, if we talk about, you know, I can, I can, I can only speak from my experience and my experience is that, um, I am the breadwinner in my family unit, um, which still in the United States is, is a non-traditional way. Um, and that is to say that, that in my partnership as the woman, I make more money than my male counterpart. Um, that is not the norm in this country. And even when we've, I've talked about childcare, um, if my partner and I choose to start a family, um, he's going to be the primary child caregiver, not me. Um, and that's how we want to do it. And, and so it's, you know, um, I'd like to think that I see a greater vision where, um, you know, we don't have still these sort of locked in roles that, um, you know, one gender or the other has to be, you know, the main parent or provider or whatever, that that just kind of all blurs into one and we just focus on, you know, how, how are we going to raise this child or how are we going to go about our family and how it works for us um, without these sort of defined roles and categories. So that's just something that's super relatable for, for me um, as a woman and uh, just thinking about that. But um, yeah, uh, otherwise it's just... Yeah, we mentioned Elon Musk, sure. Um, just, you know, I'm just, my mind is always blown by um, engineers and and computer and tech people because my brain doesn't really function that way. Um, but when we bring it back to, to fitness, what's really cool about this moment, you know, if we can find silver linings and, and different ways to reimagine the world, as we are in the midst of, of a pandemic, um, you know, we, for me, it's how can I start thinking globally or start thinking outside of just where I'm physically located? And the obvious answer is, is the internet and the ability to access more people. Of course, that relies upon folks having a stable internet connection and access, right? So that's a conversation to have. But um, yeah, it's just reimagining fitness in a way to connect with human beings in, in other ways from all over the world. And that kind of, that gets me potentially excited um, to reimagine what's possible um, and really broadening, you know, our ability as, as fitness trainers, 
you know, you don't have to just live in Vermont to work with us potentially. So I, I really dig the idea that um, the future could be so much more rich and expansive, um, you know, I, to work with people, not just in our backyards. Right, right. And by imagining that future, we can take the steps necessary to put ourselves in the position to offer that service to somebody who might be in a different state or a different country. Um, And again, it takes being able to see that as a possibility, not just out of nowhere, but based on what is currently happening um, and trying to imagine Mm. how the current situation might evolve. Um, because once again, you have now an opportunity that didn't exist to this degree 20 years ago. Um, but somebody might've envisioned this in those earlier days of the internet where, you know, we didn't have the speed of the internet that we have now. We didn't have the, the, the high definition video cameras that we have attached to everything now. Um, so basically it's just like, once again, if we can... If you can see that this current situation that we both as trainers find ourselves in has the potential to turn into an international personal training career or profession or whatever, however you want to call it, um, in whatever type of training that that is, not just fitness training, but but any other way that you're going to communicate our passions and ideas to the outside world now... um, if we can imagine that it that that that's something that I want to do and that's something that I could see myself doing, then if technology doesn't exist that allows me to do it now that's in my possession, um, I will, by the time I'm ready to offer my full product, the technology will be right there for me. Um, Vimeo is a great example, right? Um, the mind body's changes to offering um online streaming platform and and group classes and things like that so whereas even 10 Mm -hmm. years ago five years ago zoom was the only way to do what we're doing now you have all of these different platforms and those platforms are pivoting just as fast as things are changing so just as fast as things are changing all of these different platforms are trying to figure out how do we serve this need that people are presenting to us um and again you know there's a whole terminology around need equaling results um if we're imagining a future that is necessary uh we need to be able to do these things or we need to be able to live this way um then we'll figure out ways in which that we can utilize what we have to provide for that need um and that's again that's that's what i love so much about imagining uh, a brighter future or a future where more people's needs are met um because by taking the time to imagine more needs being met we get a opportunity to really develop and shape out what those needs are and by developing and shaping out what those needs are then we can start to present solutions for them or be able to connect the dots of where those solutions are going to come from um now you know you have these 16 year old climate activists all over the world right that have been actively trying to work for climate justice for some of them since they were born since their parents set them on the path since their grandparents set them on the path um you have unbroken lineages of people fighting for protecting the the lands of the north american continent still that are still trying to protect the the great forests and the waterways and things just like their ancestors were trying to uh, you know 
a thousand years ago almost at this point. So um, you have these realities of people that are are continuously working for the betterment of um, of mm-hmm. of ourselves as a as an entirety, as a human race, as community, um, as individuals holistically, right? Like medical advancements. Um, now with so much time being spent alone and in isolation again we have all of these technological advancements that allow us to make connection real connection um and if we need it to be even realer then we'll start to develop those ways as well so again just imagining that future it's really a it's exciting it's an exciting time even with Mm -hmm. everything as it is um it's still exciting to see how we're going to be able to pivot and shift these things around Mm. you know i i I've been thinking too about, you know, we're we're talking about this and I and I feel like there's definitely going to be some listeners out there that are going, "Okay, well that's all fine and good, but um what about it can be very hard to imagine a brighter future or imagine some of the things we're talking about if if certain needs are not met." And what I mean by that is there's there's something I learned a long time ago in, psych- in a psychology class, and it's called um, Maslow's Hierarchy, and it's the hierarchy of self, and it's, you know, it's a triangle, it's a pyramid, and at the bottom of the pyramid, before we can move up to self-actualization, we have to start with our physiological needs, right? So we need food, we need water, we need shelter. And if you can check all those boxes, then you can go up the hierarchy. Okay, your next needs are safety and security. If you can check those boxes, then what about love relationships, friendships, right? If you can check those boxes, then it's more about, you know, how do I feel about myself and accomplishments, things like that. If you can check those boxes, then it's really like creation and potential and and all this stuff. And so you know, when I'm, as we're talking about this, you know, I'm thinking about a listener or two that might be out there. That's like, dude, (laughs) I'm still on the bottom here. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, maybe I don't feel safe in my relationship. Maybe I don't feel safe in my neighborhood. Maybe I don't feel safe in this country. Um, you know, so before they can even get up to this sort of, you know, lofty notion about, you know, maybe where we're at, I I just think it's important for us to not only acknowledge, but maybe okay. speak to that. You know, if, if there's folks are, that are really kind of just, hey, man, I my future, I just, I got to worry about how the heating bill gets paid this winter, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Certainly. So I think maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Totally. Um, and I think that, you know, largely that hierarchy of things, um, the foundation of it all is the potential that we see in our ability to get food, shelter, um, water, clothing, and the basic necessities of living. Like, um, you know, I've been down bad in points in time where, you know, I didn't have the money that I needed to do the things that I needed to do. Um, and having the wherewithal to be able to 
realize that I had the potential to go out there and maybe I didn't realize it. maybe somebody else told me that that I had the potential to, to do what I needed to do to be able to get what I needed to get but whatever for whatever reason I was able to hear my own potential in my situation to get myself beyond my situation um uh, and and that really has to be for me the real foundation and this mm, goes back to I something that. that I spoke about in a previous episode where we're talking about faith and that idea that you know faith can really be a little bit more than hope you know like um if if I believe that I'm going to get food because I believe that I'm going to do everything necessary to get myself some food then I'm going to get my food you know even if I have to like jump in the Shaw's dumpster the grocery store dumpster and pull out the avocados that they threw away you know what i mean but if i can see that i have more potential than starving tonight you know what i mean then i'm gonna go and get what i need to get even if it is Mm -hmm. just making a sign and standing on the corner you know what i mean it still takes the the belief that if i do this it's gonna get my next meal um now I haven't been in a situation where I've had to busk or or put myself in that situation, not busking, but this the basic situation of panhandling or putting down a box and a sign mm-hmm. and waiting for somebody to give me what I've needed. Um, I haven't been that down bad, but it's because I didn't see, I saw a different potential for myself than having to do that. You know, I saw a potential for being able to find success without having to do that not that i've ever have looked down on the folks that i've known or the folks that i've interacted Mm -hmm. with or friends of mine that have had to put themselves in that situation um but again it goes back to that how do i see my own potential to 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 serve my needs my basic human needs of feeding myself and and sheltering myself um and then from there you know, from that platform to the next, it still does take that. How do I see my potential to to have these kind of greater needs met mm. and all the way up to the minutia of like, so from the bottom, can I see how I'm going to feed myself tonight to like the grand, can I see how I'm going to feed my generations going forward? You know? Ah, yeah. Ooh, I got goosebumps. Right, right. Right. <laughs> really did i just that just gave me some goosebumps That's there awesome. <laughs> because i mean for me there's also a reality that says like when i'm at the bottom of that can i still see the potential that i have to feed my generations even when i can barely figure out how to feed myself mm. and for me that's the 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 i guess that's like the turbo boost that allows me to kind of like leap and maybe surpass some <laughs> of those levels faster than we think you know, maybe, you know, I can't figure out how to feed myself today, but in doing that and representing what that means to me and, and really acknowledging it and setting myself up with the potential to be able to feed myself by the end of the day, um, maybe I come across two other people that also don't think that they can feed themselves. And then the three of us are like, well, maybe together we can actually feed ourselves. Maybe together, like you can throw $2 on this, I'll throw $3 on that, you threw $3 on that, and then we got a yeah. little bit of a meal you know and then in doing that we have determined a way that we might be able to get a couple of dollars to be able to throw together um you know and and then something happens that you don't expect then x y and z leads to the next step you know Um, and i really wow what you're really describing there too is so many things flying from mm -hmm. my flying through my head right now but that is collaboration right there what you just described right you know compassion for humanity um there's a bit of 
there's a selflessness component to that. Um, you know, there's a, I just love so much of that because it's, it's thinking outside oneself still like, okay, you know, I have this immediate need, but you know, still we have this whole, this bigger problem to solve. So that's, that's actually a very, I just want to say something like that, that that's a special trait right there. That, that ability to really, to truly think outside oneself and to, to think in that big picture, um, that it's not just about putting bread on your table, but how, you know, can others have bread? Others deserve to eat too. Um, and I think about something we, you know, we had a conversation a few days ago when we were kind of workshopping this, this episode. And, you know, I thought of the fact that we do have the technology and the wealth, the global wealth to end food insecurity, to end starvation, to solve crises in housing and, you know, like poverty should not be an issue in this century. Um, and it is for various reasons, you know, politics, power, um, you know, white supremacy. There's a lot of names for what's going on, why we don't have more global equality, but we do have the technology. We have the 3D printing that we can print houses, that we've figured out irrigation. <laughs> we've, we've figured out how to grow food um, and, you know, it's almost like we have the technology. So the grand vision, like what kind of future can we cultivate? What kind of future can we create? It's one that's got to be a step away from this culture of selfishness because we can, we have, like, we have the means we have, like, we can't sit here and say, oh my God, there's just, how do we figure out this housing crisis? How do, you know, how do we put food in people's mouths? We can actually do this. Right, right. It, it's and really a crisis. It's a tragedy of like being so individualistic and like, no, what's mine is mine. And it really, at this point, has to be a change in mindset. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's an interesting concept that says if you want to, end the housing crisis or end poverty you have to put impoverished people in positions to make change right like how can how can mm. i speak for a single mother i can't so how can i make a policy decision for a single mother mm -hmm. i can't um how can i decide what people right. who live in a town where the water is not clean how can i make the decision that that's what they need if i don't live there you know so if if the the way that the political structure mm -hmm. the way that the the structure of governance continues to go um well actually i'll say it like this if we look at the way the governance was in 1972 let's say um that led us to where we are now it's policies around um technologies and how to use them a lot of the technologies that we're using right now were hinted at then or we're already starting to be used then solar power things like that wind power other other types of energy um mm -hmm. and if we take like the policies that held all of that stuff back and we jump those forward now to 2020 and we look at what's still trying to be held back um again it's it's allowing people who 
otherwise wouldn't have had a voice to have more of a voice. So now there are more people that have more voice in, 19, in 2020 than had in 1972. Um, so there are more people that are able to say, no, we need to change these things mm-hmm. as well, you know, because it's it's not going to create the perfect American dream just to have these people have a white picket fence in the expense of these people. Um that we don't believe that is the structure anymore. I, we can't believe as a majority that the best way to make everybody's life p- perfect that matters that we have to shit on other people in the process of doing that. Um, and so again, it does take compassion. It does take looking at somebody who's in a situation and putting that person in a position of power so that the decisions can be made by those people who are most affected by the policies that are being changed mm. and that then it's easy to say right. well then anybody can run for office but at the same time it's it that's that's only now possible that wasn't actually possible before you know like um there was a, a young woman who was just elected in in burlington mm-hmm. locally and you know 10 years ago it wouldn't have been as easy for her to make such a a unprecedented victory in office you see what i mean and so so by being able to like by putting people who believe that these certain issues are worth changing or affecting then we have innovators that are going to be able to do them but you can't take the genius kid from flint michigan whose high school project was to think up a new water system and then just shit on him because he's black or he's from a low-income family or he doesn't he didn't win the actual scholarship that got him into mit you know what i mean but he applied for it Mm -hmm. he almost came close like we can't just say like he had to have gotten into mit for us to be able to listen to his idea we have to be able to go into those neighborhoods and 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 take the ideas from the people that are going to give them so you know you can't try to solve los angeles homelessness without going to skid row and finding the geniuses that are down there that have the good ideas of how we can fix shit you know and then listening to them and putting them in positions of change i mean it's 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 community oversight for policing right as opposed to saying like letting police still be the ones who are overseeing each other. You have to take that job away from the police because there's a yep. there's a mentality that we protect our own that can't actually exist when you have, you know, there like for instance, there on every board of community, you know, uh, policing, there should be somebody who's who's been mm-hmm. affected by police brutality, and their voice should be fully heard. They should have their a full term of speaking in the circle because. That's a valid situation. I can't make uh, a, an adjustment to a policy if I'm not listening to those people, so on and so forth. So that's where I, I went with it. Um, no, I, 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 that's so important. And I love, too, that you said, let's go down and, if you know, let's go to a homeless encampment and talk to the geniuses that are down there. I actually really appreciate that word mm-hmm. choice because I think, you know, People make a lot of assumptions and will put folks in really narrow boxes. You know, they'll think they may, you know, I'm generalizing here, but you may have somebody who sees a homeless person and just, you know, one way to look at it is, oh, you know, I wonder what they did to get themselves there. There are people in this country, there are people in this town that that's how they think. Um, Someone else may say, well, I wonder what, Maybe systemic circumstances exist that 
you know, helped to create and cultivate the situation? You know, why don't I ask them? Why don't I, this person has a story. This person presumably wasn't always homeless. Um, you know, that again, sort of putting a face, like a voice, showing compassion, you know, not just assuming that because someone, wherever they're at, whatever station they're at in life, you know, to say, oh, you know, I'm sure every listener can, can talk about a time where someone has prejudged them, whether they've been prejudged based on their race or ethnicity or their gender or their sexuality or their age or whether they did or did not go to school. Um, there's, you know, you name it. I, I'm sure we can all commiserate together about a time where someone fucking underestimated us or underestimated you. Um, and finally, you know, if someone opens up the dialogue and says, <laughs> well, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and I think particularly American society has just done such a shit job <laughs> of, of like actually like making good on the fucking contract <laughs> that is, you know, democracy or like purportedly or democratic institutions um you know but it doesn't you know i was listening to something the other day and um it was really profound because there's a lot of talk you know depending on what media whatever you source um you know whatever you're listening to these days but there's definitely a lot of talk about you know reimagining a lot of systems in the U.S., reimagining forms of governance, reimagining policing, reimagining our communities, re- again, reimagining this future. And like the system is broken here. It's been broken for a long time and we can do better and people deserve better. And And I just think you, you said it so eloquently and it's just, you know, it's getting... It's getting people involved because you start to realize, and what I love too is, you know, you actually start to have a conversation with another human being who, you know, maybe at the outset you're like, oh, I don't know how much we have in common. And you start to realize that, you know, most of us have very similar needs. Again, like if I take it back to Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like, you know, sure, we all have these basic needs of, you know, I got to eat. I I need clean drinking water and I'd like a roof over my head and I live in the Northeast, so I'm, I'm going to need some heat pretty soon. Um, and then beyond that, I want love. I want to feel appreciated. I want to be heard. These are just, these are human, you know, basic human things. And once we, once we, once we have that, it's, it's, again, not the sky is the limit. There is no limit to what we're able to create like together, which, you know, you touched upon it earlier, Mujib. And it's, you know, it's really, it's really, really powerful, you know, and, and I, I still am hopeful because I know there's, there's a sea change and it's happening and it it's, you know, it's, it's like 
springing up in pockets across the country and it's it just feels like this massive like vibration shift thing right in consciousness and and awareness of of human beings like here's the thing people that have power right now they they actually don't want you to realize how much power you do have that's very dangerous for these people um for you to go oh wait i do have a voice and my voice can be magnified if I find a couple more people that, you know, <laughs> want to also voice, you know, their opinions and we want to take action and we want to mobilize and we want to organize and all these other things. Like, you know, vote, 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 because, you know, it's just, I think, you know, we've done a great job of convincing ourselves that it, it doesn't matter. And that's exactly what the people in power right now want you to think. And I think that really keeps people down. And when we talk about imagining the future, you know, if, you know, I would love to see, uh, maybe we'll get some comments finally from people being like, I don't know, I disagree <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with, with the conversation. But I have, you know, I have a lot of beef with the Electoral College personally, um, you know, coming from a small state um, where, you know, I live in this country, my vote should, should count on a national level, the same as someone living in Wisconsin. Um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the electoral college. So, um, but yeah, you know, what can we do that just makes, you know, that we can really empower each other, um, and work together, you know, towards this, this better future. And sure, you know, my, our ideas of, of what a better future is or, you know, may clash and, and may not may not be the same, but then, you know, that's the, the difference should be on like the nitty gritty, right? The, di the differences should not be like, is your life of a different worth than mine? Like that's, that's a non-negotiable. We've mentioned this in previous podcasts, like, like, <laughs> that's a non-starter like there no absolutely not but what where the difference can be is you know uh in in the nitty-gritty in terms of you know how these tax dollars get spent like what's best you know and how can we you know policies that affect certain communities like that's why you know i will say that we are lucky to be in vermont because a lot of shit gets done on the local level we are a small state and if you want to see change and you you can it can be done it starts with the self and it starts with getting involved and but we actually we have more power than we think we do in this tiny state of ours mm -hmm. and that's you know that's such a true statement just as a broader statement like we ha you have more power in that tiny body of yours like we have a time we have more power in our tiny communities like um it's just again it's the realization of of that of what that is you know and 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 the the recognition of the fact that the voice that has the answer might be coming from somebody who hasn't had the floor yet you know uh, whether that's that they haven't gotten to the floor yet or um, they've been barred from the floor for whatever reason, the people who we should be listening to who are now having some of the greatest systemic change in the way that this country particularly is working um, 
have previously not been heard from to the degree that they're being heard from now. And so, you know, as you continue to see that happen from one generation to the next to the next, um, again, I can't help but see this world going more in the direction of ultimate equalities where everybody Mm. has the opportunity to seek a betterment whether again you know one of the things that i was thinking about when you were um there was a point that Mm -hmm. you were just making that was really making me think about um the basic needs and how a lot of Mm. inspiration and cross communal inspiration can be gotten by seeing the way that Mm. people are serving those basic needs so you know somebody might be surviving in a lifestyle that might that you might imagine and think that it would kill you absolutely you know it might just be somebody's full reality that um they're existing in a lifestyle that i would i Mm. would destroy me or break me you know i don't how how are you you know i have so many things how are you with nothing even surviving you know, and by being able to go mm-hmm, across communities mm-hmm. and to see how it is that, you know, an entire like, for instance, just think of black America, like how were, how was black America even able to continue mm. to exist against all of this oppression? Like, how did we get through all of that and still have a culture mm-hmm. of our own? You know, how did we get through all of the all of the miseducation and still end up enlightened people? You know, maybe there's something to that. You know, maybe we should ask some folks like my mother. How are you a single mother and raised three kids in a world in which we know you were discriminated against simply because you were a black woman? Damn, maybe I should let you have the floor and tell me about that, you know. And so that's that's 2020. That's what we're seeing. Um, A lot of people think that it's simply just giving the black woman more voice in America, Um, giving that single disenfranchised person a little bit more voice, a little bit more say over the way that those tax dollars are spent or over the way that communities are shifted and shaped. You know, Chicago's a perfect example. Like, they're not asking the police commissioner as much as the community members. Like, what do you need to drop this murder rate? You know? And that's what it takes. It takes, like, looking at a situation as it really exists and asking, mm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're a teacher right now listening to this, you know, and especially if you are in a, a situation where you're like, okay, I've got some students that I work with and they don't seem that interested and they don't seem like they're really doing that well in my class or something, mm. give them the exercise of imagining what their perfect future would consist of and see what they come up with, you know? And, and and just see, like, where are the minds of the people who we think don't yeah. fit yes. into yes. our molds for what somebody is supposed to look like when they are intelligent or when they are engaging or when they do have genius in them. Yep. Because as we know, the yep. visionaries are the people that aren't thinking the same way as the status quo. Right. It takes somebody who's not necessarily within the confines and the restrictions of what this world is supposed to have us be. Right. Like there was an introduction mm. to, the, to Frederick Douglass's book where the mm. man was like, you wonder if his overseer, when Frederick Douglass was still a captive, you wonder if his overseer knew that on his right. on that plantation, there was a man who was unparalleled in the entire world. Could you have seen that? No, Mm. because all he was seen was for what what perception was put on him and what his station was supposed to mean. 
you know. And if he believed that himself, then we know how things would have gone. We know where we might still be mm. right now, you know. And so, like, again, you, you have that person right now who has the best idea for how to turn the climate around, for how to uh, uh, create policy. We need to listen to them. We need to seek them out. We need to give them a voice. We need to to encourage each other to speak up, to give each other avenues to speak up. And again, this world now exists in which we can do that. We have this technological world. Yeah. We have this social uh, this social community that goes wider than just our own neighborhoods, you know, or just our own living rooms, you know what I mean? Like, we can get up on a platform and really speak some things. Um, and more and more people are starting to wake up to that. But, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter yeah. as much yep. that the people now, the 30-year-olds and the 40-year-olds, wake up to it. It matters that the 6-year-olds and the 7-year-olds are taught that that is the way it is. So that they can grow up knowing mm. that they can change mm-hmm. the future. That they can grow up knowing that, no, man, when I'm an old person, right. I'm going to be looking to you for guidance. In the same way that my grandmother mm. looks to my auntie mm-hmm. or my mother for guidance. Because she's older now. She she doesn't have the ability to go out and get it. You know what I mean? And so, like, it's the whole sit-down boomer movement. Not that I totally... I don't know how I feel about it. It's just a catchy thing that got said that folks like bought <laughs> yeah. on with. Like my father's a baby boomer. I'd fucking listen to him all day of the week if he was giving me advice. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like it is that generation of like the person who this last age was supposed to have been the end all be all voice mm-hmm. of reason mm-hmm. and education doesn't look the same anymore. You know, the smartest person in the world mm-hmm. doesn't look like they looked when Mm. it was 1945 anymore you know what i mean because now we have the ability to acknowledge all of the people in Mm. all of the ways that we look you know and you know that's for for america for the united states of america like that's the biggest i think detriment for the average person is to not think that we all do have the ability to have massive change and positive impact on this world you know, everybody from, like we said, the the disenfranchised person who's without a home right now, like that doesn't this having a home isn't a prerequisite for having good ideas. Yes, exactly, you know? exactly. Right. Yeah, and just you know, I I think another thing that's happening in for a lot of white Americans right now is taking some time and listening. Like, not being the ones that are talking the entire time. Sharing the mic, asking the questions, and then just sitting and listening. And not interjecting, not talking over, not, um, you know, and this needs to continue to happen. And, and, you know, as more voices get brought in, and it's really important because... You know, if we if we think about our history as a country, you know, in particular, white men have been making a lot of decisions for the majority of us for way too long. Way, way, way too long. <laughs> right. And how's that going for us? <laughs> you know, um you know, if we re- if we think about it, you know, maybe you're having a good day today, and you you know your 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 life is all right. But if if we if we do if we you know 
if we look at the macro, you know, how is that working for us? How is that working for us as a nation? It's not. It's not. Um, so I, you know, I just, I love the idea that there's, <laughs> there is so much creation and, and just geniuses among us. And, you know, I love giving kind of homework assignments to our listeners. You know, are, are there people in your world, maybe they're in your family, your friend group, <laughs> colleagues of yours that you work with, that you can just text or email or call and say, hey, what do you think? I mean, fill in the blank, whatever the topic is. You know, I've never asked you what you thought about X, Y, Z. Um, I would challenge everybody to do that. Um, you know, maybe you find yourself in situations where I can certainly say like, I'm a talker and I know I, <laughs> that's why I'm on this microphone right now with you, Mujib. I like, I, I like talking. <laughs> um, but I also, one of the reasons I enjoy this podcast and, and conversing with you is I'm really enjoying listening um, and, and cultivating my listening skills. Um, and, you know, I just encourage others, cultivate your listening skills because there are so many geniuses out there with creative ideas and dreams about the future and with solutions and roadmaps and plans and ideas about how we get there. And we can all start doing a little bit more listening and, you know, asking what do you think what do you think what do you want what do you think how do you think we get there and you know if if the more and more we kind of start to approach things with that mentality i just think you know i there's endless possibility endless possibility and that's exciting right. that's a brighter future at that point you yeah know? yeah like that's that's a future that's yeah void of yeah oppressing people because of our views of them or you know, not listening to each other, you know, not, not holding space for each other. You know, we can't have another whole age where there's no compassion. We don't, that, that, that can't exist. It can't, we can't continue like that. We need compassion to be the, the new normal. Yeah. You know, we need, we need apathy to, to die down a bit more now, you know, we yes. can't continue to not care that it's not happening here or that, it's just the way it is like you know and and again if, if just to ring on what you just said sarah like if there's somebody in in the listener's life who is existing in such a way that you don't think that you could exist you know man i can't i can't imagine that this i couldn't imagine being this person or i don't see how it must be so hard for you or something like that holler at them maybe it's not as hard as you think you know maybe they're maybe they're actually in a great position and they're continuously moving forward and all of the shit that they've overcome and the ability to get to where mm. you see them right now in this day is enough for four lifetimes. You know, how did somebody get next to you in Burlington, Vermont from fucking Somalia? How did you get all the way the fuck over here? Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe that person has a better story to tell you than what you think. You know, maybe, maybe, and this is just mm. to anybody, myself included, you know, mm -hmm. um, opening up and knowing each other's stories opening up and, and and hearing from each other you know you might be sitting next to somebody who was a brain surgeon in their country you know but can't get 
much more than the fucking Uber job here right now, you know? But if, yeah, so again, the ability to see, like, okay, my basic needs are met. Yeah. Now let me get to this next thing um, is, again, going to be based on our ability to imagine right. that we can achieve that next thing. So if my basic needs are met and my next thing is to give other people a voice, um, then I have to imagine that I'll be able to have the platform to give other people a voice at some point in time. And then when the opportunity presents itself, then I'll be able to do that. I love that. I love it. I think that's a good place to end for this conversation. It's been a, a lot of topics touched on today. As usual, it gets heavy, man. <laughs> right, totally. And I mean, nothing is much heavier than um, imagination. And, and, and imagination should have no limit. It should have no bounds for where we go with the conversation. Because if we're trying to imagine a better future, we have to go to every corner to try to figure out what that is going to be. It can't just be, you know, well, maybe if more kids go to college. No, maybe the the visionaries didn't go to college, you know. So, again, we just have to, I could just go on and on and on and on. Because, again, it's just something that stays fresh on my mind is how have we gotten to this point and how do we get ourselves to that next point. And, you know, I'm just going to end by saying, you know, lead with compassion and uh, just just remember that. Let's be more compassionate towards one another and also towards ourselves. Uh, let, let, let us not forget uh, that it starts with the self, how you view yourself, how you treat yourself. And then as by that extension, you know, to have compassion for others as we as we go through this world, you know. So, wow. Episode 10, guys. <laughs> another awesome. banger. <laughs> Awesome. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please, we want to hear from you. I am very serious when I say that. So, um, you know, hit us up, get in our slide in our DMs, let us know uh, what you think and and what you want to hear us discuss next time. Uh, But for today, uh, that's all. This is Sarah. This is Mujib. Have a great day. Awesome.